It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, boys down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases. It has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional election laws and city ordinances and to represent both Republican candidates and the Democratic Party. I have served repeatedly as Superior Court Special Master. One of my election law prosecutions against the Bureau of Cannabis Control ultimately removed marijuana billboards from Route 101. Office holders, lawyers, and activists appear on Slow County Public Policy and the Law to inform you about government actions shaping your lives. That focus brings people with different points of view to have an opportunity, without being attacked, to tell you about how they think the laws can be improved, even if I or station management disagree with a guest's ideas. Last week, I interviewed Ryan Munivar about why he proposed a statewide initiative to legalize psilocybin mushrooms. I also interviewed James Worthley about why the San Luis Obispo County Council of Governments, a.k.a. SLOCOG, is preparing to ask you for a new additional half-cent sales tax at the November 2024 election. If you missed last week's show, log into the podcast of the interviews at knews985.com. That's K-N-E-W-S-985.com. Today, to show you that we don't just have one point of view on this show, I'm having a completely different point of view from the fellow who wanted to legalize magic mushrooms. In today's first hour, I'm privileged to talk with Officer Joe Dokes to talk about the dangers arising in the legal and the illegal marijuana or cannabis industry. And yes, Officer Dokes doesn't use his real name on air because opponents of the industry have been targeted by drug barons. In our second hour today, I want to cycle back with former Grover Beach Mayor Debbie Peterson about what has happened in the fight to stop Grover Beach's city council from doubling and tripling water rates. But now, before I welcome Officer Joe Dokes, let me give you all a summary of his impressive history of over 47 years doing marijuana education, enforcement, eradication, and activism as both a peace officer and educator. Officer Joe was DEA trained in drug culture. He served as a peace officer in Maryland and later in the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. He still serves as a confidential informant as a commercial licensed drone operator uncovering illegal marijuana grows for eradication. The LA Times, Wall Street Journal, Epoch Times, and California Today have all turned to Officer Joe in their investigations of the marijuana industry. 
He has been recognized as an expert witness in municipal, state, and federal courts to testify about marijuana and marijuana trafficking. Officer Joe is a director of the Shasta, Siskiyou, and Lassen County Citizens Against Marijuana, supporting victims of marijuana crime and educating politicians and the public. Officer Joe, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Stu, and, and for your listening audience. Uh, I want you to know that I, I have an affinity for San Luis Obispo County. Uh, it used to be my stomping grounds leaving L.A. on my weekends to uh, get out of the rat race and go up to slow and get out on Pismo and, and uh, bounce around the area. And when I retired, I actually looked seriously at San Luis Obispo before I um, retired and came up here to Northern California, where I am now the epicenter of illegal marijuana growing in the United States. Did, did you know and that's where you were moving to when you got there? It, uh, well, that'll, I'll take you through the, uh, the timeline, which is interesting. So we go back, um, you know, my, my time with marijuana goes back uh, pre-camp or the California Against Marijuana Planning Program pre-1983. I was already involved in marijuana enforcement in Southern California, and Stu, there wasn't much marijuana. There was Humboldt hippie pot, and there was uh, Mexican trash coming across the border, but not very much. And it wasn't very strong in those days, was it? No, it was uh, less than 3% THC. And it, it, we called it grass because it smelled like it, it tasted like it, and burned like it. And it, it was not high in concentration. Well, those of us here so, call it skunkweed. When skunkweed, well, <laughs> it's a good way to go around town and... And if you're behind a car and all of a sudden you smell a skunk and you don't see one dead on the road, you're pretty assured <laughs> you've got a driver that's under the influence in front of you smoking marijuana, which is in the state of California is actually uh, responsible for now for a uh, large percentage of DUI fatal accidents are marijuana involved. In my county, uh, we administer the DUI program for probation. And about mm, 10 years ago, 10% of the respondents said they used marijuana and alcohol as a part of their DUI. In the last several years, that number has uh, gone up to over half of the respondents, and they take a they take a test where they um, where they tell us uh, what their drug culture use was, and they self admit to using marijuana in 50% of the cases now. And we we arrest about 100 DUIs per month in this county, and that's Shasta County where I am. Uh, so you're you're looking at every other drunk driver coming at you is is not only high on on alcohol but they're they're stoned on marijuana as well and that has a synergistic effect and makes them more drunk and more stoned and so that's a problem for us no kidding well now um my impression is Shasta is not a real uh, large population as a county am i wrong uh we're we're uh we're, we're over 200,000 now. Okay. Um, so uh, and so it's, about the same size as San Luis Obispo <laughs> County then. And C- City of Reading, which is the largest city in the county, is a, uh, says they're about uh, somewhere between seventy and 90,000. So uh, it's still a very rural county, Stu, and we have a lot of marijuana that's grown out in either the forests or on private land marijuana. And one of it's the- eradicated... I'm sorry, go ahead, oh, Stu. Uh, one of the things that happened um, when Prop 64 was adopted uh, was that uh, counties were essentially given local option on 
what they would legalize, whether they'd legalize outdoor uh, grows, uh, processing plants, uh, sales, uh, you know, uh, storefront sales, that kind of thing. Uh, what has uh, what has happened in uh, Northern California with the counties uh, in Shasta, Siskiyou, and Lassen? So Shasta County, we're very, very active, and I've been personally very active. And we started uh, we started circa 2012, and we worked very hard uh, on something called Measure A, and we were able to get 64 percent of the voting electorate to uh, vote for no outdoor grows. And that really was the jump off for us to enact five separate ordinances. So we are a no outdoor grow. You can grow six plants for personal use indoors. Now, Stu, in all the grows I look at, I've never seen one legal six plant indoor grow. When we go into houses, normally we'll see a two car garage. We'll have a hundred plants in it and there'll be, there'll be kids toys right there in the same area. So that's normally what I see. Um, we also established ourselves as a no hemp county. Hemp is simply low-grade marijuana, and it's less than 3% THC content. And there is no good definitive way uh, to have a chemical analyzer as a peace officer in the field. There's no easy way. The, the devices to test hemp versus marijuana cost $25,000, and you have to have two of them to confirm your results. And what we were finding was, uh, the growers would grow hemp on the outside of the grow and then grow marijuana on the inside of the grow. And it, it was too difficult for our deputies to discern the difference. So we just outlawed hemp. Um, we are a, and the most important part of our ordinances is, is we are a no water wasting uh, for marijuana. So you cannot use water uh, legally on a marijuana grow in Shasta County. Can I ask and a question, Joe, about that? The, sure. The... Um you know, my impression is that uh, that part of Northern California is water-rich. Uh, and uh, I have heard that uh, marijuana plants uh, and grows take an awful lot of water, but I don't know how that compares to other crops. Can you, can you educate us on that? I can. So there's uh, California has the gold standard in water studies for marijuana. And... Um, over on the coast or in a coastal environment, the marijuana plant uses about two gallons a day. In the dry, arid climes of California, such as maybe Paso Robles or in, in, inward from you know in the inland parts of uh, San Luis Obispo County, where it's very dry and arid, the mar- marijuana plant can use up to five to seven gallons of water per day, and wow. even higher. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the case of our county, we burn about seven, we think, uh, originally, we determined this by looking at uh, using GIS and just determining how many grows we had. So we, we were burning somewhere around 7 million gallons a day in the height of summer for illegal grows. Wow. And we've knocked that down. We, but we've knocked that down in the last two years because we've had a sheriff that's, that's gone after it uh, very, very hard uh, in eradicating. We are, Stu, as you know, and I appreciate you more than you know. We are a no advertising for in the county areas for uh, marijuana or marijuana dispensaries, and we are also a no dispensary county. As a matter of fact, in our county, you are affectionately known as Stu's Law under Prop 64 for getting rid of, rid of all the signage, and that signage was on the five freeway 
in our area. And it was advertising for marijuana, not just in this area, but for counties, other counties as well, because the five, as you know, is a great would be a great place to advertise. Oh, millions and of so cars every signs, day. Millions of cars every day. The signs all went, it was a coordinated effort from the marijuana industry. The signs all went up in about a two-week period, and we took your law, which you handed to me, I took to our county council, he, he, he checked it for correctness, we put it into a county ordinance, and bam, it got passed by the Board of Supervisors and was enacted immediately, and all the signs came down in two weeks. So that's, that's known as Stu's Law informally up here, so we appreciate you for that. We are a no dispensary county in the county areas. I'm not speaking about the cities because the city, city of Reading has, has enacted marijuana, and so is the city of Shasta Lake, which is completely run on marijuana money politically and structurally the city is complete it's a small california city uh, that that embraced marijuana and it's completely run on it with with all the corruption that marijuana money brings um well our, our so, county knows about that we've we've had one uh, yes, supervisor yeah. uh, uh actually have his office and home uh, searched and the uh the drug baron that was bribing him has uh, gone to federal prison because of it now i guess there's uh there's just been another indictment here. Uh, it wasn't related to uh, marijuana money, as far as we know, but it was related to development money for bribery. And, uh, and there's uh, all kinds of folks in the indictment who haven't yet been charged, and maybe they won't be, but it's the kind of indictment where you can identify who they're talking about by just reading the descriptions. And they're all sure, in and city and county government. And you, as you know, also in the county south to Santa Barbara, they had their own uh, marijuana uh, politician indicted as well, and that was going back historically. Yeah. So uh, we, we've worked, um, and I work for uh, a drug prevention um, coalition as well, outside of SCAM. I'm associated with Shasta County chemical, chemical people, and those are the drug educators for the county. And so we go into the schools all the time, and I, I constantly talk to kids about marijuana. And I think for your listening audience, they should understand that we're, we're talking about grade school kids now. We're not talking about high school kids anymore. Oh, yeah. Our statistics, uh, our statistics here for, for young people are astounding. 95% of our students, high school students, have been exposed to marijuana in some form in the last month. It does not mean that they used it, Stu, but they talk about it. They were at a party where it was used. They had a friend that used it that was offered to them, or they used it themselves. Um, marijuana is the easiest drug to obtain in Shasta County. And when I say that, as far as our county, I'm going to, I'm going to extend that and probably say that that's probably true in the state of California now. Uh, marijuana is much easier to obtain than alcohol for young people, and most of the marijuana that is obtained comes through a comes from a quote unquote state. I call them state sanctioned, federally illegal dispensaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the the eighteen year olds in their last year of high school will get a will get a med card and they'll buy marijuana and then they'll they'll go ahead and sell it at a school and uh, that. That, of course, is problematic. And that also extends to other drugs. And it, as you are well aware, as I am, um, marijuana absolutely is fully a gateway drug now. All the research is there. 
it, it primes the brain. It, it uh, fills the endorphin system. Well, Officer it, Joe, it, um, one, of the, one of the, in fact, I want to remind our listeners we're listening to Officer Joe Dokes, uh, who is an activist and educator about um, marijuana and the marijuana trade from Shasta and Siskiyou and Lassen counties. One of the things that uh, we found, you know, uh, my my buddy Saro and Rizzo, Rizzo and I, when we brought the case against the Bureau of Cannabis Control to get those signs down, we are just a couple of country lawyers who didn't think our clients' children should have to look at those ads. And, uh, you know, we went ahead and, uh, and won it because Prop 64 said that those signs were illegal. In fact, that was why uh, people were convinced to vote for it, I think, ultimately. And, and right afterwards, we got all kinds of information from activists like yourself um, um, in different uh, walks of life, including medical reports on the uh, kinds of carcinogens that are in uh, today's marijuana, the kinds of uh, psychiatric uh, problems that... Uh, People would frequently trigger by using it. Some of them permanent. Um, are there are there things that you think can be done to educate folks on the dangers? Absolutely. There is uh, now a, an outstanding national website called ISIC or the International Associations of Doctors Advising on Cannabis. And if they go to that website, there is a library, a complete library of all the legitimate medical studies uh, that are out there, and we're talking Scripps doctors, uh, pain medicine doctors, uh, very famous doctors. There is a um, absolutely shocking report from Dr. Stuart Reese out of Australia who has done extensive research on high-potency marijuana. Now, let's, let's make a distinction, Stu. We're talking about high-potency, and high-potency begins at about begins at about 10%, but reality, high-potency marijuana is anything over 90%. And high-potency marijuana is really the only thing... 90% THC? Over 90% THC, Lord. and that's what's driving the market. And that's honey oil. So people want... People don't... Smoking marijuana is still around, but it's kind of dairy, you know, it's kind of fallen out of favor, mm -hmm. and it's really all about honey oil because of the the, the convenience, you, the, the smell goes away, um, a, a young person can have a vape pen that looks like a thumb drive, and or they can they can chew it in a gummy, or they can they can eat it in their soup. Um, there's a million different products, they, even suppositories, and on and on and on. Anything you can think of has now been infused with THC, and that we know, and, and you well know, does create uh, for a percentage of the population, does create uh, psych psychosis problems, uh, psychiatric problems, um, higher, much higher rates of suicide. One one in seven teens who use uh, high potency cannabis is at a vastly greater risk for suicide. Um, I have a personal story about a deputy who became addicted to high potency THC and ended up committing suicide after 30 plus years with Los Angeles County. And I watched him uh, disintegrate over a year of using high-potency uh, THC because he wanted to get off traditional pain medicines and was told by a bud tender that uh, you can do this and it's not addicting and not habit-forming. 
completely addicted to high potency THC. Um, there are there are really famous people out in the marijuana industry. Uh, Anne Hassel, and she has a book on the marijuana industry, and she was a bud tender in Massachusetts, and she readily would tell you that um, anything under ninety percent, the dispensaries don't want it anymore because because the market doesn't want it. You know, if they're paying all that money. Uh, they they want the highest potency they can possibly get. Well, Officer Joe, there, you know, if you look at the alcohol industry, um, you know, there's certain there's certainly dangers to uh, the use of alcohol. It's addictive to a certain part of the population. Um, we have a whole infrastructure to regulate it. We've got, uh, you know, the 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 federal regulations. We've got state regulation. Uh, and there's uh, significant enforcement, and a lot of money goes into the enforcement. Is there anything similar going on in California uh, to regulate the marijuana industry? So now we become, it looks, it's a politically driven issue, and Governor Newsom has chosen to completely support cannabis. And even in the past year, he doled out $20 million to cities, who would put uh, medical medical marijuana repositories, in other words, storage facilities in their cities. And so when you have a small city like the city of Wairika that, that just went for that, and you're giving them you're giving them basically a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars, you're 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 basically bribing the cities to go along with it. Most California cities do not do not go in for marijuana in the state of California. Mm-hmm. So the, so the governor is doing everything that he can to expand its use. There, uh, at last count, I think there was about, uh, if I recall, there was about 1,400 legal dispensaries. Now there's hundreds of illegal dispensaries. But there was about 1,400 legal dispensaries in the state of California, and Governor Newsom envisions thousands of them. He wants to see them on every corner. Now there's some interesting statistics that go along with that as well, Stu. Uh, marijuana is a racist drug. It is. Officer Wait. Joe, we're, we're coming up on a hard break. I, I just wanted to give you a warning about that since you're calling into the show here. Um, the, we're going to talk about uh, how it's a racist drug on the other side, but I want to remind listeners that we're listening to Officer Joe Dokes, who is a director of the Shasta, Siskiyou, and Lassen County Citizens Against Marijuana. He's got over 47 years uh enforcing and educating about marijuana. I hope everybody's going to stay tuned after this short break for the news and a couple of very important ads. Stay tuned. <laughs> 